Hi guys and happy Friday. Welcome to Unapologetic Live. Today we're going to be discussing some controversial topics. Andrew Tate appearing on Piers Morgan only to get attacked by him. Plus Kanye West going on Tucker Carlson for a tell-all about his White Lives Matter sweatshirt, how he feels about Black Lives Matter, Kim Kardashian, and the like. Plus at the end for Fun Friday, we're going to be going through some TikToks and giving you our quick reactions. So let's get into it. All right, welcome in and happy Friday. Uh, as is semi-tradition, let me know in the comments what you guys are going to be doing this weekend. Uh, as is also tradition, I will be doing nothing. <laughs> uh, Taylor, Scott, anything interesting this weekend? You go, Taylor. I'm going to the beach, just hanging out. Will you be wearing a White Lives Matter shirt at least this weekend? You know I won't. <laughs> it's, it's in the mail. Uh, <laughs> Scott? Yeah, I may be chilling at the beach too this weekend, but... Not with the white lights. Ah, uh, to have a life. October in LA. So right? <laughs> Got to pay the taxes. Which but. it is October, by the way. If you guys can't tell by our set and how it looks right now, which is absolutely gorgeous, it is spooky season. S Z N spooky season. <laughs> which we are all very excited about. Uh, particularly Taylor, like decorates his entire apartment and stuff. Yeah. His wife goes we, all we out. Go all out. Yeah, yeah. It's, our, it's our thing. This is what I'm using. This is my pseudo apartment. And since I'm not going to put up, this is what about fifty bucks spiders. that Party City will get you right here. <laughs> Heck yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, now let's get into the topics for today. We've got Andrew Tate, who's chosen to appear on Piers Morgan, knowing that Piers Morgan was going to be there to challenge his views, which is really interesting and shows maybe a little bit of that masculinity, not being afraid to be challenged live on television. I will warn before we get into this video: if our younger audience is viewing, there is a little bit of profanity, so you might want to wait about a minute or so and come back to the stream don't say i didn't warn you let's get into it do you respect women absolutely why wouldn't i do you think that 18 19 year old women are more attractive than 25 year old women i think there's attractive people uh that's that's a loaded question i don't know well, it's not really is it i, I can't <laughs> you know why i'm asking you. of course i do but i can't sit well, here and for say the benefit of viewers who don't know why i'm asking you said this in general this is also one of the reasons men find youth attractive you want to block the internet I'll block the internet right effing now. The reason 18 and 19 year olds are more attractive than 25 year olds is because they've been through less dick. Fuss! Uh, I should probably preface it and explain who Andrew Tate is for the viewers who are watching and don't know who he is. Andrew Tate is a very prominent internet personality who is known for promoting his ideas of what it means to be masculine in today's day and age. He's really galvanized particularly young men who like to watch his content into uh, thinking about what masculinity means, sort of an anti-feminist narrative, uh, a semi-pro-traditional, uh, much of what... Andrew Tate says is in that vein of maybe a conservative sense of masculinity, but he also has some very outlandish ideas and comments. He's alluded to women being property when they are in relationships with men. He stated that men don't cheat. They have sex with other people. When women have sex with other people, it's actually cheating. So you can imagine there's a few little crazy ideas that he likes to talk about on the internet. And he's been criticized because of the influence that he has with a particularly young audience. A lot of women in particular think that he is uh, a pretty outrageous personality for, for young kids to be influenced by, but you could say that about anybody, couldn't you? Does that mean that he shouldn't exist on the internet? No, it doesn't mean that he shouldn't exist on the internet. And because of his views, he has been taken off of Instagram, Facebook, and basically every single major platform on the internet. Now let's get back into this. 
People say, oh, you can't say that, but yes, I can. A 19-year-old is more attractive than a 26-year-old woman, and I'll tell you why. Because that 26-year-old has talked to more guys, been to the club more times, been effed and dumped more times, more arguments, more mess, more for me to clean up. That is misogyny. Why? Because you are encouraging a mindset about 25-year-old women that makes <laughs> them sound out to be infinitely less desirable than 18, 19-year-olds and having effectively been having too much sex to be taken in a more respectful way. That would, well, firstly, even if that was the case, that wouldn't be misogyny. Well, right? what did you mean True. by what you said? That's not misogyny because it's not anti-women. I'm, I'm saying that an 18 or a 19-year-old woman would be more desirable. It's pretty anti-25-year-old woman. Anti-25-year-old women, we can argue, but not misogyny. <laughs> well, that's misogyny. Let's, though, let's, no, 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 it's not. Well, being anti-any woman at all is misogyny. Not when, I'm, not when I'm saying that women are beautiful and attractive at a certain age and saying that age You're is saying 18 and 19-year-olds are more attractive than 25 Well, then ageist, perhaps, but misogynistic, absolutely is that not. I mean, I'm not hearing anything wrong. You hearing anything wrong, guys? I, For my <laughs> the masculine men in the room. <laughs> well, it's just Piers is taking the wrong route of his his lines of attack are nonsensical. He's he's bringing up the definition of misogyny and conflating it in order to make a point. Instead of saying he could be saying, I find the fact that you think that 18-year-olds are more attractive than 25-year-olds to you. I find that reprehensible. Let's talk about that. Defend that. But instead, he's make, he's going this very roundabout way that's missing the point. And Andrew Tate's just kind of like picking apart his logic of like, no, it might be sex or it might be ageist, but right. it's not misogyny. Yeah, I would, I would equate it to um, yesterday we were talking about um, the issue with um, why am I blinking? Um, uh, Daily Wire guy yesterday. We were talking yeah. about that and how the left is running with like, oh, he's promoting pedophilia. And it's like, no, there's there's some nuance there. And they're just attacking it with this like overarching like, um, you know, idea of, oh, he's a pedophile or he's promoting it. And it's kind of similar to what Piers is doing right here. I feel like he's just like, OK, just because it sounds slightly anti-women. It's right. immediately it's misogynist. misogynistic. Right, right. And really, I think we're getting to the crux of the argument in talking about age because that's not what he's saying either. I imagine that if he met two 20-year-olds and one 20-year-old had slept with 15 guys and the other one had slept with none, he'd probably be more interested in the one that had slept with none. As would a lot of guys, I presume. Yeah, it's, it's you know coincidental I mean? we did the body count video yesterday, too. You, <laughs> right. to see that. you guys can go watch this girl completely blow up over being asked about her body count and say people they need to get effed if that's what they care about, which is so hilarious. Um, but yeah, we, we live in a culture now where there is certain groups of people who say, who you sleep with doesn't matter. The number, the amount of people shouldn't matter to your current partner. And if it does, you dump that partner. And to that, I say, sure, that would be your own set of values, your own set of beliefs. And you would want to find a partner who uh, who reflects those beliefs. But to say that a man who doesn't want a woman that has been with, you know, a certain amount of, of sexual partners is misogynistic for thinking that is wrong. It's just wrong. Let's continue. You just accepted it was misogyny. No, I didn't. You said it was misogyny. I'm telling you, no, it's not. If a 26-year-old <laughs> woman is watching this and has heard those comments, yeah. would you just say to her, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that? No, I won't. I will say that I am sorry that that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world... That doesn't and, mean you're sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. That's the point <laughs> I'm making. I'm sorry if that offends you. However, there's a large contingent of the world that believe that, and I was mediating for a conversation. Parts of the world that believe that about 26-year-old women are parts of the world where women are not allowed out on their own. Oh, come on. There are plenty of men running around in, I believe, the UK where Pierce lives, and in the United States, and there are plenty of women 
you know, who also think the number of people that you've slept with could be an important marker in choosing a partner and in dating somebody. So to to look at that and then go, well, yeah, that's also what people in Iraq think and in Iran and in the Middle East. And they're wearing, uh, you know, hijabs and enforcing women to to cover their ankles. It's disingenuous. At yeah, best. Yeah, he's grasping at straws to find critiques by like, you know, taking the Tate's actual position and then just bringing all these other elements into it instead of, again, just saying like, I think it's gross. How Like Andrew Tate's whole shtick is he's one of these macho man who unapologetically just wants to have lots of sexual partners. And he's not somebody who's like looking to establish a long-term relationship with one woman. So the way mm-hmm. he thinks about uh, selection selection with women is, I want someone who's young, I want someone who's beautiful, mm-hmm. I want someone who hasn't had lots of sex with other people because I want, I, it's better for, in my, in my estimation, it's better if I have them for me. And so uh, he's not looking at it from a perspective of, I'm I'm looking for my life partner. And, and so it, right. anyway, I feel like Pierce is just, taking this into all these different realms when the, the he's entirely missing the point and just because he's so eager to just jump down uh, Tate's throat in order to mm-hmm. make it seem like he's winning the argument but he's just he's just looking dumber and dumber you can tell he has this energy of like no matter what I'm gonna get a gotcha moment at some point yeah. in this interview and he just doesn't get it reminds I... me of that uh, so you're saying with Jordan Peterson yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is oh my gosh that lady uh, I, I wish like we, we should watch through that video and just do a counter for how many times she says <laughs> that yeah. so what you're saying is anyways let's continue that's your that's a conversation they have to have. wear full burkas well that's a conversation they're not allowed to drive cars that's nothing to do with me but is that the kind of <laughs> he's like what for a woman you i was mediating a, i was mediating a conversation no, i'm asking you what you think i i don't live in a country where that happens you're using that as the excuse for why you're not sorry for saying it it's not an excuse is it there are parts of the world where this is fine my friend so my question to you is well do you think it's fine i don't think it's yeah, fine. It's fine i live in a world where you don't think it's fine my the reason this I, isn't that hard, Andrew. You can simply say, Piers, you know what? With the benefit of hindsight, I wish I hadn't said it like that. And if a 26-year-old woman's watching, I'm sorry I said that, because that actually is blatantly misogynist. And even though that's a view held by other parts of the world, it's not a view I share. Now, I would respect you more if you said that yeah. than if you try and say, well, it's said in other parts of the world. Who said he wants your respect, Piers Morgan? If, <laughs> if there's a person in the world who I don't want the respect of, it's probably Piers Morgan. Yeah, and also... Tate has already said, I'm not sorry for saying that. I stand by it. So he's like, but if you wanted to say you're sorry, this is how, this is your opportunity to do it, right? He was like, no, I, I wasn't ever going to apologize. Well, it's like, this is just going, he's going all over the place. And we're going to get into what is the proper response when somebody is just hounding you, trying to get you to apologize. And we're also going to show Matt Walsh's response to his recent controversy because it's just a lesson in not bowing down to people. So I'm not sorry. I think you that need, doesn't tell me what you think. Then you need to understand why my content existed in the first place. My content existed because I tried my very hardest to be an absolute and not a realist, especially with uncomfortable truths. Mm. Mm. I was pointing out that very uncomfortable truth. Is that a truth? Though? It's an uncomfortable truth in many parts of the world. It's not a truth that I'm happy about. An inquest this week found that a 14-year-old girl, Molly Russell, died from an act of self-harm while suffering from depression. <laughs> he was in the middle of a sentence <laughs> so and he just started telling his story. What? You can tell it's because he's not doing well. It's very similar to how Anna Kasparian treated Dennis Prager when she when he went on her show. Yeah. If she couldn't get the gotcha moment for the, the moment that she had set up, she moved on to the next and to the next and to the next, anticipating that at some point uh, she was going to be the winner. And it just doesn't 
happen. Yeah, this is the you're right. It's like uh, watching a, re, a replay, an instant replay of that whole interview, because it was like she had all these few different lines of attack uh, prepared. And then when that one didn't quite land how she wanted it to just move on to the next line of attack. And it seems like that's exactly what Piers is doing here. hundred percent. And the negative effects of online content. The coroner said she was exposed to material that may have influenced her in a negative way. And in addition, what started as depression and become a much more serious depressive illness. And she very sadly took her life. That's, that's absolutely disgusting. Right. Her father, terrible. her father's campaign for better protections against potentially dangerous social media algorithms, right? It says that the particularly graphic content she saw romanticized acts of self-harm, normalized her condition, and focused on a limited and irrational view without any counterbalance of normality. First of all, what is your What's response your to that? Nothing to do with you. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, your uh, that's the first thing. Yeah, it's, it is nothing to do with me. Uh, the fact that a 14-year-old girl took her life is truly sad. The world we live in today is, the world we live in, the, the fact that something like that happened is almost mind-blowing to me. That's truly, that's truly sad. I actually feel sad inside to see something like that. What has come clear to me in the interview is that a lot of things you say you wouldn't say now that you've said before. Well, so I'd say them differently, perhaps. You, you, yeah, right. So very, very, to me, that's... Very good uh, change to make and a retort back. I would say them differently. I'm not saying the sentiment that behind what I'm saying is, is going to be any different. I'm just saying I would phrase it differently. Right. And why this is a great opportunity to, for peers to be like, what are examples of things that you have said in the past uh, that you now regret and you would right. say differently? Right. If you're interested in having that conversation about what Andrew Tate regrets. But again, mm. he's just jumping back and forth and around to keep Andrew Tate off of his feet because every time Andrew Tate starts to put together a sentence, he looks be better than Pierce does. Right, right. And I mean, like who, did did Pierce prep himself for this or did somebody else prep him for it? There's so many other ridiculous things that I think Andrew Tate has said outside of, you know, the more reasonable ones that you could have really brought to the forefront during this interview. Yeah, saying 18, 20 year old girls is attractive to me is like not the most... Uh, There's nothing it's, really it's not wrong even with close to that. the worst thing that he said. <laughs> no, not even close. I mean, he's got like clips on the internet where he says, if you're dating a girl who does OnlyFans, you deserve some of her money because she's your property. <laughs> like there's plenty of other stuff. Yeah. And could... to bring in this this tragic story, it's like to what is this? Like he said, oh, it has nothing to do with you, but I'm bringing it up in the middle of this interview with you because I'm trying to draw that connection, which mm -hmm. is like really reprehensible and unfair. Right. And you're basically using this tragedy as a as a club for to hit Andrew Tate with. And I think that's totally gross. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm like wondering, you know, what if this girl's parents like watch you do this when it really has no correlation? No. So weird. So weird. An acceptance. Not just that you want to get back on platforms, because maybe that was one of the reasons you, you were no platform, but that you've recognized and understood the potential harm to the wrong kind of impressionable mind by some of the things you've said. Would that be fair? I think that's 80% fair. I recognize and understand that with massive fame, you have to be more careful about being misconstrued. Like I said earlier, 1% of people misunderstanding you doesn't matter with a small audience. It matters with a very large audience. Mm. With power comes responsibility. Mm. I still believe the things I say. I do not want to be a negative force for the world. I also understand that I am a man who's lived a very difficult, nuanced life. And I am capable of making nuanced points that may be misunderstood by teenagers. However, that can be said about anybody and everything. Every opinion online can be misunderstood by children. Trying to protect children from the internet is a very interesting subject in and of itself because I would argue that 80% of the content on the internet is, can be negative or detrimental to a young mind that doesn't understand the world. That was a fantastic response. I've got to say, 
That was like a really first time he actually let him talk and it, he made a lot of sense. Yeah, that was a very measured response. And it's so true. I mean, when do we start? Why are we starting to punish content creators for the actions of their audience? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. What you should be doing is saying, hey, parents, watch what your kids are watching. And if it's something that you support the message of, then, OK, you make a decision on that. And if it's something that you not you don't support, maybe take your kids off the Internet or don't allow them to watch that content. Why is it Andrew Tate's fault that younger children are watching his content? It's not. It's not. It's not. He's not controlling it. He's not pushing it to that specific uh, demographic of people. They happen to find his stuff on the internet. And who is he as a content creator to deny people who want to watch his content? Yeah. And he even acknowledges that, hey, I understand. I have a big platform and there may be a small minority of people that can misinterpret what I said. And I try to be careful with that. And I think Mm -hmm. that was an important concession that he made. But at the end of the day, it is not ultimately uh, his responsibility. Right. And clearly he stood strong in his views. He didn't really make any concessions to Piers Morgan as Piers Morgan clearly wanted. And we're going to talk about another man who has decided to uh, do exactly that. And that is Matt Walsh. We covered him on the show earlier this week because Matt Walsh had an old clip from an interview that he had done when he was in his 20s come out where he expressed that women are most fertile in the ages of 17 into their early 20s. And he also made the claim that teen pregnancy is not necessarily the problem it's unwed teen pregnancy where teenagers get pregnant have their children and then decide not to get married that is the the major problem with that now we can get into whether or not we agree or disagree with the statements but i don't think there was anything that alluded to anything nefarious in what he said and a lot of leftists started hopping on the internet accusing him of being a pedophile and uh wanting to impregnate teenagers which was not at all what was stated in the comments that he made whatsoever and of course matt walsh had to respond it blew up the internet and he was trending all over twitter and here is his response so here's my official answer for the record um kiss my ass (laughs) oh god i do not apologize in fact by all rights you sick freaks should be the ones apologizing to me for lying and defaming me and doing it all because I'm trying to prevent you from sexually mutilating children. Hmm. You damned monsters. You child-abusing psychopaths. I wouldn't apologize to you soulless parasites if I had a gun to my head. Instead, I'd rather just tell you all to piss off. I apologize for nothing. I concede nothing. I will never surrender even a single inch of ground to a pitchfork mob of degenerate morons. You know, the secret they never say out loud is that nobody is truly canceled unless they consent to it and they willingly play their assigned roles. Well, I do not consent. And I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Wow. We have that applause button. I moment. Oh, man. Maybe a little stronger than I would have come on, but when you get called a pedophile, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. Uh, and I think uh, a forceful response like that might be exactly what's needed when so often the response is the exact opposite. It's, what can I do? I'm so sorry. Tell me how I need to re-educate myself. Tell me what re-education camp I need to go to and I'll sign up tomorrow. So when you are 
responding in the face of that being the reality, maybe a strong response like this is exactly what's necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there was any problem with the strength of his reply. I mean, it reminds me of when they came after Kavanaugh and called him a rapist, and he right. uh, was like getting angry and choked up in his testimony when he was rebutting that and, mm-hmm. and responding to it. And it's like, you... You're calling me a pedophile. Right. I'm going to come back at you with, hey, that is an absurd accusation. I'm not right. conceding anything, and you're disgusting for doing that. No, oh, by the way, the whole the reason why you're doing it is because I'm going after you for sexually mutil- for promoting the sexual mutilation of children. The, who's really the gross person in this situation? Right. You know. So I mean. And, uh, kudos to Matt Walsh. <laughs> and that very much is what has placed the target on his back. It's things like his children's book, Johnny the Walrus, where he talks about uh, transgenderism, obviously, in, in a metaphorical sense, and discourages people from uh, believing in that ideology when it comes to their children. He's been very outspoken in coming after different hospitals and medical clinics who are performing uh, sexual transitional surgeries on Minors. So this is very much what has placed a target on his back is people, uh, progressives thinking that he is wrong in in doing this and wrong and uh, accusing him of attacking trans children, as they say. So, yeah, when you are met with the mob, you stare them down and you say, absolutely not. I don't agree with you and I don't apologize because there is really nothing to apologize for. And they can try to make a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, But it doesn't work if you don't let it work. Now, that's not in all cases, of course. You know, very, very few people have the audience and the support of of somebody like Matt Walsh. You know what I mean? And this is the issue because you'll see people uh, like Matt Walsh and like J.K. Rowling and they stand up to the mob and they say, no, I'm not apologizing. This is how I feel. But a lot of people, when they take that step and say, I'm not apologizing, they do lose their livelihoods. They do lose the place in their community and they don't have an audience of over a million people to support them and back them up. But that's a a personal decision we have to make based on our own morals and values and what we feel like we can handle and take as to whether or not uh, you, you bow down or you stand up for yourself. And I think when you do stand up for yourself, you'll find that uh, supportive people will come out of the woodworks. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think someone like Matt Walsh, who, like you said, has the platform, has the support, who uh, has the luxury of being able to speak up with about this and not, mm-hmm. you know, risk his livelihood. Um, it is important for him to set the example of what that is. But that doesn't mean that, you know, if you're in a situation where your job's at risk and your livelihood's at risk, um, that it, 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 there is nuance there and there is a difference right. in your situation. But I think it, for, for someone like Matt Walsh, it would be bad if he was if he, if he wilted. So, of course, because yeah. you're in the very best position to be attacked. Right. By he people. has no re- excuse where other people you, might. Yeah, there'd be no repercussions for you saying, exactly. I don't apologize. Whereas if you take uh, a swimmer who's swimming for the uh, NCAA and Leah Thomas is swimming against them, there's very little incentive to speak out against that because you lose something you've worked for your entire life. Exactly. Uh, Uh, So we always have to approach that with a little bit of nuance and and recognize that there are people who have much to lose and no audience to back them up when it comes to standing up against the mob. Much like Matt Walsh, we also have Kanye West, uh, who recently at uh, his Yeezy season nine premiere, I think is what it was uh, titled, came out with a White Lives Matter T-shirt. He was accompanied by uh, Candace Owens and a few other uh, famous black individuals who decided to join with him in wearing these White Lives Matter sweatshirts. The internet goes crazy. They're accusing him of being a racist and Uncle Tom uh, trading in his black card. You know, everything we get all the time, every day. And Kanye 
much like Matt Walsh and much like Andrew Tate, stood up and said, I don't care. I'm doing something that is right and true and obvious, and I stand by it. And he actually went on Tucker Carlson to discuss this in what has now become an iconic interview. Let's see how iconic it really is. We've got some clips from E! News here that we're going to react to. Third. So you made reference to the White Lives Matter t-shirt, mm -hmm. which you brought out at Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. Why, why did you do that, and what did it mean? You know... I did. I do certain things from a feeling. I like... I just, I just channeled the energy. It just feels right. Mm. It's using a gut instinct, a connection with God, and just brilliance. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Yeah. Later in the... Yeah. <laughs> Connor, Tucker looks like he's just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we were going back and forth before the show saying, like, is Kanye, is he a genius? Is he really smart? Is he just he just happened to be really good with like marketing and just having a pulse on on what what the culture wants and feeds off of? Or is he somebody who's maybe not that smart and is just stumbling into it? And I'm really, you know, after seeing stuff like this, I'm like inching into he's pretty he's very smart. It's just brilliance. He's just, uh, it's funny that like, he's just like, I don't know why I do it. I guess it's just because I'm just, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just a genius. And God. And, yeah, it's like, okay, well, but I mean, he's, he's done it enough and I mean, made, made headlines enough times. I mean, there's, there to where there's something to it. He does know how to cut through the noise and make, make an impact and make a point when he wants to. Um, whether he, I mean, we all know he can kind of be prone to going off the rails and uh, in a bad sense now and then, but um, he's definitely not a dumb dumb. Yeah, and you know, what really pointed this out for me was not his interview with Tucker Carlson, but he actually went to Instagram after the White Lives Matter sweatshirt debacle and posted, uh, you know, a paragraph or so that he was writing saying, Nobody, nobody supported me when I was telling the world that I didn't have uh, any space to go and see my kids and that the whole thing was happening with the Kardashian family where he was being held to get, uh held away from his kids he wasn't told where his kid's birthday party was being held and he's saying we live in a society that is telling me that fatherhood is important and that it's important for black dads to be with their kids and and really shaming black fathers for not being with their children but when he as famous as he is tries to go to the media and says hey i'm trying to i'm trying to be with my children i'm trying to be next to them i'm trying to be a fatherly figure for them nobody says a word but the second i throw on a white lives matter sweatshirt Everybody's up in arms and has something to say and has uh, the energy to bring down a black man, which I was like, okay, <laughs> very valid. Which very that, valid. Is, that is something that he is skillful at. Is if you tell me I have to toe the line, you ha I have to say this because it's my skin color, or this because I'm famous and I have this platform or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, I'm. He, I have questions. I think for myself, I'm going to make the points that I want to make, and I'm going to call it like I see it. And I think that's why uh, it, it resonates with a lot of people whenever he does go out and and stand by things that defy what's expected of him because of you know, well, he's in this certain echelon where you never hear celebrities take this 
position where they're unapologetically against abortion or they're unapologetically um, talking unapologetic, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, just just defying the narrative. And he does that over and over again. And it seems like he's almost uh, skillful at Mm -hmm. uh, finding ways to do it in a way that really triggers people. And this White Lives Matter shirt is just the latest example. Absolutely. Let's keep watching. Interview Kanye expands on his relationship with the media, even claiming that he was made out to be, quote, stalking his ex Kim for purchasing a home next door. Because, you know, the media ridiculed me for getting the house next door to Kim to see my children. And they even said that I was stalking her and her new boyfriend Mm. because I bought the house next door to see my children. Additionally, Kanye explains that he believes people like Kris Jenner's boyfriend, Corey Gamble, and Vogue editor, Gabriella Karifa Johnson, were, quote, made in a laboratory. You know, so many things that are put in Kim's head. You know, they bring influencers like no one ever knew where Corey Gamble came from. No one in the fashion world knows where Gabby came from. These people were practically made in a laboratory. I'll pause. Now, a lot of people hear this stuff and jump to say, oh, he sounds like he's crazy or he sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And if you really think about it, you know, I don't super keep up with celebrity culture, but I know uh, a good amount about this whole situation. If you're in a situation, you know, we know the ideal for children is for two parents to be in the household. If you're in a situation now where you had a wife, you had these kids and now suddenly you're divorced, and there was no, seemingly no domestic abuse, no emotional abuse, anything of that sort. Why would you not, if you are capable of buying the house next door to your wife and children, do exactly that? Give your children the best option for being successful later on in life and direct access to both mom and dad at any given moment. I think that's a beautiful thing. But the Internet went and ridiculed him and instead uplifted Kim Kardashian with her new, much, much younger boyfriend, Pete Davidson, who like got her children's faces tattooed on him. Yeah, that's a much weirder thing to me than children's biological father buying a house next door. Right. Yeah, it's it's just shows you that they're they they know who they like and they know who they don't like and we're going to very uncharitably interpret this person's actions and then we're going to make excuses for the other person's actions that we do like and like facially like you said there's without knowing any further detail in the situation you cannot come to the conclusion that that this father buying a house next door to his wife and or his ex-wife and children is inherently something weird or creepy or stalkerish Um, but so you drawing that conclusion just shows your own biases against him uh, because on its face you can't draw that conclusion and it shows how just like easily manipulated people are by by media and by celebrity like pete davidson is some random dude who's now in this lady's house with her children getting them tattooed on her face and you're not going after him not to say that they should go after him but you instead go after their biological father who's trying to be in their lives be at the birthday parties buy the house next door with his own money to support his children all the while saying how important it is for fathers to be in the home I mean, it's just ridiculous. And to to be in his situation must be like feeling like you're going insane. Like, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to do the right thing. And millions upon millions of people, the whole world is attacking me because of the fame that's attached to this particular family. And he goes on to talk about, you know, people being made in a laboratory, which, of course, all these people who dislike what he has to say and dislike the, the White Lives Matter sweatshirt hop on the Internet and say Kanye's crazy for saying people are made in the laboratory. You know what he's insinuating. 
He's saying that with a certain amount of fame, people just suddenly spawn and spring up into your life to influence you and to tell you what it is that you should or should not be doing or or what's going to be harmful to your career to infiltrate in your life and to have a position of prominence within it. And I'm sure it's something that he's no stranger to. I'm sure it's something that the Kardashian family has never been a stranger to because they've constantly been in the limelight. So... And, and they're a family that's constantly been creating their own drama. We just recently found out that the whole Kim Kardashian sex tape that made her famous was a plot by her own mother. That this woman was making multiple sex tapes, showing them to her mother, and her mother decided which one was the proper one to release to make her famous. So you have all of that. The, I mean, the deck stacked against this side. And people are saying Kanye is the one who's crazy. Because he wears a White Lives Matter sweatshirt and, and, and acts eccentrically. Right. And yeah, and calls people uh, created in laboratory. Anyway, uh, I don't know. The, the, like you said, there's just this strange. It is strange to me that we're even talking about these people. And, <laughs> right. you know, and like that Kim Kardashian has such a, a profound influence to this day in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of her origins were entirely manufactured in in very strange and uh, <laughs> gross circumstances. And yet the yeah. fame is real and Kanye's fame is real and their influence is real. And I think that's why we keep end up talking about them. But, uh, you know, it, it is very clear that the media apparatus has it has chosen sides in this drama. And uh yeah, we know who they like. And, it, you know, people can say, oh, you're talking about Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and Andrew Tate. It doesn't mean anything. These are just people or whatever. And, and to some extent, that is true. But these are people with significant influence over our culture, as Taylor said before. And when you have people that have such a significant influence over culture, it really points to what your culture values. And it points to uh, what what we hold dear, uh, what we think is Im- important, the conversations that we're having, the issues that we are solving or not solving. And it just so happens that these families are at the center of all of it. So that those are my thoughts on, on why it, it might be slightly necessary to talk about. Uh, now we're going to actually move on to, I don't know, greener pastures, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Want to do something different for Friday. And, and that's going to be reacting to some interesting TikToks that hopefully spark uh, an interesting conversation within your own heads, within our, our heads over here. Let's start with number one. This one is going to spark a debate about sort of the older generation versus the new generation. So often we hear from the older generation, you think your life is hard. My life was this, this, and that. I, I, I had no air conditioning. My mom beat me. My dad, you know, abused my mother, all these things. And you want to complain about depression and anxiety. And I think there uh, are valid statements made by older generations that sort of point out the issues that our younger generations are facing, maybe their sensitivity, a little bit of weakness on our part. But the the younger generation sort of responds and says, well, you guys went through a bunch of traumatic stuff and now you are uh, moving that trauma down to us in the way that you act, in the way that you uh, have not developed proper coping mechanisms for, for the trauma it is that you went through. And now that's why we have depression and anxiety. So we'll get into that debate. I think there is truth to both sides. And we're going to experience in these TikTok videos sort of the harshest ends of both sides. So let's see number one. Here's an immigrant mom's opinion on anxiety and depression. Generation fucked up. Each one have depression, taking pill, an anxiety attack. I grew up in 13 brothers and sisters. Every night I ask my mother where I'm sleeping today. Today in the bed or today in the floor. What I'm doing today, I'm coming in grade 
two, three, four. Say today you're doing all your dishes. Tomorrow you put the laundry. Every day I have something to do. I can say, oh, I, I grew up, I have so much depression. I have so much anxiety attack. Come on, we're supposed to have depression and attack. Every day I don't know if we have food and what we're eating, what we don't eating, where we're sleeping, or what the parents maybe beat us, or the brother beat you, or the neighbor beat you. This generation. Okay, that's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, that sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, and it sounds like maybe you 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 might have some things you that might have remained unresolved <laughs> in your childhood. Yeah. Uh, with that being what you went through, uh, and of course they use those arguments and say, "Well, my childhood was like this, so what are you complaining about?" Uh, and now let's listen to the response. You can get a full view of the picture before we get into the deeper discussion. Each one have depression, taking pills, and anxieties. Okay, this is the first TikTok where I've I've had to redo this a few times and only because I can't hold it back. This is the problem with immigrant parents, okay, is that they're so hell-bent on their own ways and they, they think old is gold, okay? The reason why our generation has to take medicine or look go to counselling and this and that is because we're breaking the trauma that you've handed down to us. And this annoying thing especially in my culture where it's like oh my mother's a strong woman because she took all the abuse from my father that's not a strong woman that's just a woman who had to take it and endure it and so you hear this conversation all the time with everyone's getting divorced now good because people now have the freedom to get out of something that's not serving them my mother when i was a kid i remember she was slamming plates on the floor saying i can't take it anymore Obviously, now that I've grown up, I realized, damn, that marriage was definitely hard on her. My grandmother was beaten by her f husband every day. My father had to witness that stuff. And then my father carried that on. Not He had never once touched my mum, but like beating his own kids. So this thing always trickles down. And yes, it will get to a stage where one generation will be like, enough is enough. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to put the work in. And I don't even know why I'm getting upset. Um, and this is the problem is that we, we have this thing where it's like old is gold or everyone's messed up this new generation so we can soften. No, we're not. We're just putting in the work. We're fixing things, which is hard. I'll be honest with you right now. It's very easy to punch someone, to hit someone, to get mad. It's very hard to just sit there and think, what do I need to do next? And every counseling session I go to, there's so many moments where I'm like, he, my father should be here. This shouldn't be me that I have to take on all this responsibility and all of this pain to fix the problems that they caused. And this is what immigrant parents do. Yes, it's beautiful, it's great. You guys gave us so much, but you guys also have to accept that you've given us this bad thing as well. And she goes on her post about, oh, I had 13 brothers and sisters and I would ask my mum, where would I sleep? Is that normal? Is that a good thing? No, obviously not. A, a, res a respective and a responsible parent wouldn't have too many kids that they couldn't look after to the point where their own child has to then ask, am I sleeping on the floor today or on the bed? That's not a flex. Um, so this is the thing, and I hate this because so many young people are going to watch this and be like, oh, I need to be more grateful. Yes, be grateful to your parents. My parents are amazing. But also you have to acknowledge that there are things that they have done wrong and they need... Okay, let's pause. I think we got the general gist of that. I think, okay, so I think we talked about this before the show. Bit, yeah. Taylor, you're, you're definitely more like immigrant mom. She's, she's based... Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there is room and space for that. There, It's certainly true that older generations led much more difficult lives and probably went about leading those lives with far fewer complaints than what this newer generation is giving right now. However, I do think 
a point that he's made that, you know, you, you grow up with 13 children sleeping on the floor, not knowing whether or not you have food. It's not necessarily a good thing. And it's not a, a trauma that you should hand down to children simply because you went through it. There is a point to that as well. And I think we've overcorrected is is where we've gone. And in which way? Overcorrected in that the older generation... And the newer generation have sort of clashed and the newer generation is saying, well, no, we need to make space for mental health. We need to make space for depression and anxiety and sharing our true feelings. And that is true. But now we've gone off the cliff of sharing our feelings, off the cliff of depression and anxiety to where we have glamorized it. We fetishized it and we've made it a trend to be depressed and be anxious. Yeah. Hashtag I am not okay. If any of you guys watch that movie. I think that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah, it's we're we're definitely in a point in our culture where victimhood's currency, and and I think that's that's the point is you don't th- there should be a balance. You should want to be resilient, and I think the mother uh, kind of emphasizes that perspective. But mm-hmm. that also doesn't mean you just take trauma and never process it and right. never uh, move on from it. Um, but it feels like the 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 going too far on the side of the young youthful perspective is I'm going to take my trauma and now take that on as my identity or I'm going to wallow in it or I'm going to like think about it and never move past it. Like the whole point of processing your trauma and going through and mm. getting prescribed pills for it or be, or going through therapy is to get you back to a place where you're on your feet and going forward in life. Resiliency can go a long way in getting you on your feet, but that doesn't, but you shouldn't just be like, Oh, I'm resilient. I just have this hard shell. I never process anything. And right. I just, you know, bulldoze my way through life. That's, also you that's not really you may not feel it because you've numbed it down but you are going to just pass it on to other people in your life and breed more just you know as they say hurt people hurt people right so it's you know both are both there's truth to both sides of it but i think that's what there's missing is well no we need the balance we need to be resilient Mm -hmm. and we need to not be you know knocked off our rocker by the smallest you know by microaggressions or whatever it may be Um, but at the same time we can't be so hardened and so uh just you know focused on oh well i just have to do this and have to accept the way things are and the mm-hmm. way tradition made things um and to, to the point that uh we we don't process um our our lives and our feelings because then you're you're still hurt you're just like pushing it down and that's not healthy either so the, the goal is to be healthy yeah, yeah i also think there's a there's a level of hubris here that i think the the young man is also bringing to the table to where like he's assuming that his genera- or his parents generation and those before him didn't try to fix it mm-hmm. you know him claiming that this generation of young people are putting in the work to try and fix it, mm-hmm. I think is a little disingenuous because you also have to look at like, what is the actual fix that you're putting forth? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a good fix? Right. Um, the goal or the the product of what that fix right now is clearly off the charts with suicide rates and, and whatnot. And sure. so I, I think there's this level of hubris that, that he's putting forth. And there was also a little bit of navel gazing when he was talking about like divorce rates and talking about how like, oh, I need to escape um, this horrible situation because it's not serving me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we've lost this idea of we have to serve others at the same time in order for the world to be a better place. Right, right. Kanye living next door to his ex-wife doesn't necessarily serve him but it does serve his children for him to be there. And his point about divorce was really interesting because, again, that's another place where I feel like we've 
overcorrected as a society. Certainly there was an age and an era where women were staying in situations and staying in marriages that were probably not marriages that should have been stayed in. We're talking alcoholism, uh, domestic violence, emotional abuse, things like that, uh, that over a certain amount of time will do the, the, the hardening like we've seen with that with that immigrant mother. Uh, but now divorce rates are like skyrocketing and my, mainly being led by women. I believe like 80 percent of divorces or something like that is led or led by the, the female part of the marriage and them being discontent with whatever situation they're in. And most of the time we're not talking about things like like domestic violence and, and physical abuse. It's just being uh, no longer content in the situations. Right. So I think we've over pushed this service yourself. Tell all your feelings. Social media is a great example of that. We used to be a highlight reel of people's lives. And now it's young girls crying on the Internet, which is the next TikTok we're going to get into. Yeah, it's, it's funny to just see the pendulum swing from one direction to the other. It's so like hard. Highlight reel to the yeah, crying is what's great to watch on the on. Right. It makes you have like, a good TikTok now. Who's going to stop the pendulum in the middle? Ticks. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the that's the goal. The goal is it's like the truth's not always like, oh, I'm perfectly straight down the middle. But in a lot of these things, you see the the imbalance uh, going too far in one direction is you need to restore. We talked about it with the the Don't Worry Darling movie review that we did. Mm-hmm. It's the whole critique is of what this hyper masculine world. But that's kind of like she's she's fighting a battle that was fought you know, in the 60s and 70s, and now we live in a hyper-feminized world and that they totally missed the plot. And the, mm-hmm. the goal is not for one or the other to be to where, you know, men control everything or we're in women's world. The goal is, hey, let's find a healthy way to coexist and and be healthy individuals um, and living our lives with as much freedom and agency um, on both sides of it uh, as possible. And I think everyone, in theory, should be able to agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. And yet we just, it's so hard for us to locate that happy middle ground. Absolutely. It, it I, and... You know, it's it's just the natural way of things to just swing back and forth and swing back and forth and swing back and forth and probably never sit in the middle. So I'm curious to see what the next stage of all this is and the overcorrection that we do in the opposite, you know, in the opposite direction on this. We are going to get into some more TikToks. I do want to let you know that we are going to read your super chats at the end of the show. Plus, I've got a survey down below in the description that you can fill out to let me know how you feel about the show. What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you want to see more of and less of? What guests do you want to see on the show? And just give me your full view your full scope of what you think of Unapologetic so that we can curate the show for your guys' dislikes and likes. We want to make sure that this is an enjoyable experience for you. Plus, at the end of the survey, it will ask for your email. That'll sign you up for my email list. You'll be the first to know when our clothing line drops, when we have our Discord out for you guys, and you'll get a monthly exclusive video from me. Now, speaking of crying on the internet, uh, this is a uh, TikTok that's been going viral. It has six million, over six million views now from a young lady uh, with her username Quen uh, Blackwell crying over buying a $100,000 couch. Here we go. Wait, Amala, we're going to need you to unplug and replug. Okay. Sorry, guys, we're, we're dealing with a technical difficulty. Every on single the fly. show we have a technical <laughs> difficulty on uh, the plugin, which you guys are used to. Is it? Is it is Wait for it. Up oh, there it is. There, there, we, it go. Is. there we go. Okay. I don't know if there's much commentary on this, but it's very fascinating how quickly this has gone viral. Pull over right now because I'm about to fucking throw up. <laughs> I just put an offer on the couch. And I was joking, I was joking, but I put in my card information. And it just charged my fucking account. It almost crashed my car when I saw it because I don't... I don't have, oh my God, I was joking, I was joking, 
if you if you have a million dollars, can you please donate? Can you please donate, please? <laughs> if you have a million dollars, can you let me borrow some, please? <laughs> please. Okay. I, if, I, I initially I was like, wow, this girl just made a, a mistake and I was going to go in the direction of like, why would you jump on TikTok and not on the phone with your credit card company immediately? But yeah. now it's like the way that ended is makes me think this is kind of got to be a scam. No. So she's a real she's a very famous Internet influencer, Quen Blacklow. She's very well known. So this is real. She actually had a hundred thousand dollars in her account, which is why it cleared. But she's saying she's jokingly put in this bid for this couch at a hundred thousand dollars and is now crying on the internet over it i'm sort of on the in the vein with, with what you said call your card company and just cancel the transaction yeah, or call the auction broker or whatever it was that you bid it on and say hey this was done like dude you, that should be your first reaction while you're still in tears talk to the let sweet lady on the other side of the line and customer service rep and let them hear right. you know like hash it out exhaust all your options before you go online like i sympathize that's a horrible thing and you know that's what I, but but also you have a hundred thousand dollars and then and it for, cleared. in you're your like, first reaction video to oh let me just ask my audience to give me a million if you have a million dollars give it to me it's like uh, no, the, no. it just you know is the that that Feels to me like the guy who has a sob story at the gas station who's you know, kind of, oh my, it sounds really convincing, but it's like, dude, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, yeah like, my, my sympathy is very low on this one because like you spent the time to put your card information in there. And also, who are you ju- presenting this joke to right. that's going to find joke? this funny? Yeah, I'm, Where... I'm curious. It's just, you, you the took joke? the time to put all that info in and then... And look, I, I do sympathize. I can't judge this girl too hard. I told you this morning I had to cancel my credit card because I got scammed. So I'm confessing it now. I got one of those stupid text messages uh, from a thing posing as UPS. And my wife's been ordering all kinds of packages and I didn't know, you know, so I just got this message and it was like, "Your thing. we missed your delivery. We need you to re-register or something. Anyway, I was in a hurry and just did it, went through it, and anyway, I ended up having to cancel my credit card because I it dawned on me this morning that hey, maybe that was a scam. Went back and checked, and of course, the URL wasn't like the real UPS URL. So, darn it, I can't judge this girl. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's those. It, it uh, can happen to the best of us. It, but yeah. I did. My immediate instinct was not to beg but people for money on joking. the internet and cry. Right, you didn't yeah. cry on the internet. <laughs> yeah, you weren't Which, also trying to joke either. That's like no. the, yeah, no, like she no. wasn't scammed. That's true. Yeah, it's those uh, Zigerian scammers for all of you that watch Rick and Morty. Um, I'm going to put a poll. Have you been scammed on the internet? Uh, <laughs> make myself feel better. Make yourself feel a little bit <laughs> you, better. You, you yeah. Anti. I think this is a prime example of maybe this generation being a little bit too sensitive and hopping straight to social media to uh, show all that sensitivity to the world. Uh, before we get into Super Chats, we're going to get into one more TikTok. Which one do I want to do last? I'm trying to think. Should we do the newest cast member of SNL or girls being attracted to guys with girlfriends? Which, mm. which What do you guys feel like talking about? Uh. Which uh, one? I didn't. I, there's not much there with the SNL people other than they suck and their ratings tank. Okay, so let's get into this argument. So. so here's the question. Do you guys ever notice that when a guy gets a girlfriend, suddenly hundreds of girls are now banging down his door or at least displaying some sort of interest, whether it be in a friendship sense or a sexual sense? Let's hear what this young woman has to say about it. If you get a girlfriend, suddenly there's more girls interested in you. And this is because... Women aren't more attracted to you because you have a girlfriend. What's happening is that women are being friendlier to you when they see that you have a girlfriend because they are assuming that because you have a girlfriend, you're safe now. 
a lot of women's lives are spent being afraid that a man is going to be attracted to you and make that your problem. Most are assuming that if you have a girlfriend, you're not trying to have sex with them. They don't want to be with you. And they're hoping you'll treat them like a human being. I totally disagree with this. Oh, do you? I totally disagree okay. with this. And this is maybe just from being a female, <laughs> uh, which I'm assuming this woman was. Let me mansplain this to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think. Okay. Uh, first of all, I do think there is a correlation between men getting girlfriends or getting wifed up or whatever, and girls suddenly being interested in them. Have you, this has this been your guys' experience? You're two married men. When you guys started dating your now wives, was there suddenly an uptick in girls being interested in you? Scott, <laughs> <laughs> the camera's on you, buddy. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, honestly, like I don't. I'm not saying you entertained it, guys. <laughs> no. It's honestly, girls that you immediately shut down and said, my girlfriend is the most beautiful woman in the world. Leave me alone. Did that happen? I feel like my social life and interactions with women not, that are not my wife have like dissipated since dating slash getting married. Okay. So there's not really been that opportunity to even happen is my honest sense of it. So okay. uh, I, to be honest, no, I haven't noticed that personally. Okay. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. It was like once... Obviously, we met the ones on each yeah. of our sides. It was just like, dude, tunnel vision, like, oh my goodness. Oh. So, but, but, good any, Christian you know, voice over here. <laughs> but but I'm, not, I'm not saying that yeah. as credit to like me for like cutting everyone else off. It's so much as just like your life just gets much more like small and, exactly. and insulated. And we, you know, I want to go home. I don't want to go out to a bar and see a bunch of people. Oh, I want to go watch the next episode. Masking the wrong guys here because <laughs> these guys are like, the nice spent their whole boys. lives like trying to find the one and like get married. And they're like, <laughs> hey, but in order to find the one, you have to go through those trials and tribulations. So That's like, right. yes. So in the past when there were the girlfriends, past. it was, you know, there is a nugget of truth to this, but it was also like within the mind of me, and I, I'm guessing you, Taylor. <laughs> I'm not going to put it, words in your mouth. Yeah, but yeah. It was like Girls okay, chase me just as know, much as Hot Scott. So it's always been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> your eye, you know, you you are eyeing the horizon because yeah. you realize, like deep down, or deep down, you didn't. It was subconscious that this one wasn't the one, so Fair you enough. might have felt that attraction that more. more. Yeah, and entertained it more. I think, just in my personal opinion, not even speaking from like having perspective w with guys about this, I just think women are not as dandy cute, not try, not as non catty as people try to make them out to be. Like feminists think that women are golden and they never do anything wrong and they're morally tr altruistic all the time, uh, and it's just not true. I there are girls who specifically look for guys with girlfriends and want to go after that guy, like want to be. The the, the man stealer and will be there as soon as a guy is cuffed up by a girl to to take him. It's very similar to this whole like Adam Levine drama that we just watched with this girl saying, what was her intro to the TikTok? I had an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria's Secret model. I paused the video. I was like, why did she feel the need to say that he was married to a Victoria's Secret model? It's because she seeks status right. in having mm -hmm. stolen a man from a woman who has status and has class and has something that she does not have. She's a Victoria's Secret model and the man had an affair with me and then she plays this victim and says she was manipulated because she was new to L.A. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? But... Her story, as soon as that came out, 
dozens of women hopped on the internet to say, I also had messages with Adam Levine and he contacted me as well. Right, the victims. Yeah, it was horrifying because I could do no wrong. When this famous, attractive man started giving me attention, I'm I'm also a victim of this. It's like, okay. Dude, I in my experience, if a girl wants a man, it doesn't matter if it's your man, her man, Victoria's Secret model man, and there is even a glimpse, a a a, a fleck of a chance that she's going to get that man, she doesn't give a F about you. She will go for the man. She yeah, will go for the man. It's, it's dog eat dog world. I could say, I mean, and that's probably not just a girl issue. I mean, a certain type of guy will just go after anyone who's not like, you know, right. claimed or if the, mm-hmm. the boyfriend's not there. Honestly, you know. yeah. yeah, I, I think... Do do you think guys find girls more valuable when they're dating somebody? Because no. I certainly think girls do, but I feel like women get attention from men at all seasons of life, regardless of whether or not they're with somebody. I don't think men seek out people who are taken. No, do they? Well, except James Bond. But <laughs> <laughs> You're not my type. Smart, taken, or or uh, single. <laughs> Damn, messed up the line. But it's fine. So most men don't. No, in I your don't experience. Think so. No, and I, I when I saw this TikTok, I, I thought the the two sides are there. Women want, in general, a stable man who will commit, mm-hmm. and so that makes that the fact that you're in a relationship and capable of that is a signal that okay, maybe this is someone more attractive. Right. Um, but I yes. get what she's saying that you know women have to have their guard up a little more when you're around a single horny man all the time who are, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to be friendly with you because I don't want to lead you on. So there's truth to that. And I get why, you know, she said what she said, but again, it's like there's, there's, there's truth to both sides of this. And, uh, I don't know. I, yeah. But the, I think it is a little disingenuous to you. I right. have never been like, oh, he's dating somebody. That means he's safe to be around. I'm going to ask him to go to lunch or I'm going to go to the bar with this guy. Just if never, he's gay. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I would say there there is also an aspect to your question or like earlier. It's there's an aspect of domination that I think some males do um conquer. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a conquering like you're you're mm-hmm. making another male It's uh, a game, a, yeah. a cuckold. And Fair and enough. that that Fair gives enough. you a level of dominance. Yeah, or like if you don't know the guy and it's like, oh, this girl's got a commitment. Can I woo her away? You know, just yeah. like right, that. That's right. something just about a me. challenge. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, yeah, what do you call it? Like a notch in your belt or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a shared challenge among both the genders, but I do feel like women have a particular propensity to go after men. And I think you your point is that. very valid. <laughs> <laughs> You'll leave that to me. Yeah. But I do think your point is super valid. Like they seek out men who are in relationships because they're like, oh, he's committed to a girl. Right. Yeah. <gasps> that means he likes to commit. Maybe he'll commit to me. Mm. Yeah. Or if you're just evil, you're like, oh, man, I can break that up because no one deserves to be that happy. Or something. Part of yeah. me is like all's fair in love and war. And the other part of me is like, I will claw your eyeballs out. <laughs> that's it's such a weird, that's how I feel. It's such a weird premise to like base your your moves on, though, because like there's that old adage, like once a cheater, always a cheater. So if you're taking right. a man away from his woman at the moment in time like he's technically cheating on her and like well, who's to say that's not going to happen to you exactly like, what are you, what are you just sh- showing his true colors yeah it was there in the first place i see your true colors mm. <laughs> we're gonna pause song. for karaoke okay uh okay guys let's get into super chats we're at the end of today's uh session all righty um let's see i've got a couple here Okay. Let's start with the most recent here. Where are you guys on arranged marriage? This is from Majandra fan. Uh, I, I, you know, honestly, it depends. I think when it pertains to like young women being like wed off to to older men, 
absolutely not. But back when I was working at the clinic, uh, the medicine clinic that I was working at before I was working here, I had uh, a few Indian patients. We know this is very prevalent in Indian culture, arranged marriages, who would come in and say, yeah, you know, I, I met my husband when I was 18 years old. Our parents introduced us at dinner and now we've been married for 34 years. And they go, I'm happy. I love my husband and I'm I'm glad we did this arrangement and that's just what cultures do. And I've met several people with very similar stories. However, you're always going to meet the people with the positive stories and then then the people with the negative stories probably don't have those stories for you. Uh, so I can't speak to whether or not arranged marriages are good things or bad things. Uh, it would be dependent on the situation. Yeah, I think I'm with you. They they can work, uh, and and I've I've heard of them working. What I heard it explained to me one time is like, uh, your parents presumably want what's best for you and are wiser than you and may actually be better than you at choosing a mate than mm-hmm. you are. As us in our like Western American culture, it's like the idea of being deprived of agency and and you know me doing my own individual choice and making that that that's like anathema and, and inconceivable but i could see how there's wisdom especially if you have you're in a more traditional culture or a, part, a culture where that's a little more normal a little more family oriented a little more duty oriented mm-hmm. it could work and make sense and you know worse things could happen so uh, i don't know I, i'm not i'm not like a blanket like arranged marriage is always this this evil horrible thing that's going to have worst outcomes i'm yeah. 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 I, w- I would agree with you there. It's like, as Mike Tomlin says, situations are situational and it all depends on like where you're coming Football from. Football coach <laughs> quote. I love yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it all comes from, you know, the I, the parents and their, you know, vision for their child. Mm-hmm. And, and if they're setting it up properly with the wisdom and, and, and seeing and utilizing what they've gained throughout their lives to um, make your life better, um, you know, those are the success stories. But there are right. definitely those horror stories out there for sure right there's definitely the one where it's like oh the guy who brings the most money is the guy who has my daughter and then there's the one is like i know my daughter i know what man would support her and and what she likes and i'm going to try to find that man for mm-hmm. her through the connections that i have so i don't know i can't knock it uh and but i'm not gonna try it audience is split 61 <laughs> percent say arranged marriage is bad 42 percent say it's based i think you're gonna think the most most of arranged marriages are probably in the negative sense of like girls that are super young who have absolutely no say in what's going on. But then you meet like uh, people who are just culturally uh, that's ingrained in them and they've decided to do that. Um, but yeah, it would not be a culture that I would choose to adopt. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm saying it's bad. I think it can be and it can't be. Yeah, and I think you also gotta, you also have to like give the devil's due. Like our society and civilizations across the world are, were right. built on the tradition of arranged marriages and whatnot. Right. So it did ultimately come to a better world Um but in today's day and age, like, yeah, it's it's questionable. Right. There's so many arranged marriages that happen now. Like, uh, take a look up and look into Hollywood and you're going to find hundreds of arranged marriages. We just don't view them as arranged marriages because they're celebrities. Uh, so those are those are political agreements. Those are monetary agreements. Those are maybe value based agreements. But a lot of them are arranged marriages. Uh, and we don't view those in the same way that we view cultures that we uh, see to be lesser than us. Right. What if you were back in the day and you had an arranged marriage, but you were married to a prince or something? You'd be complaining then. <laughs> well, have you yeah. seen Game of Thrones? Oh, wait, no, you have. Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, it's not. Okay, All right, next. Next one. Um, let's see. This is the last for five bucks. Um, all of this is to make people afraid to speak openly and honestly. Never apologize. They will expand what you cannot say over and over. 
true debt don't bow down to the woke mob unless you've actually unless you actually are a pedophile uh then in that case maybe apologize and go to jail (laughs) go to jail (laughs) Jail. um all right chevy silver raider says they're attacking matt walsh for coming against out against butchering and experimenting on children let that sink in kiss all hashtag kiss all of our a star 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 Absolutely. Like we said, that's what put the target on his back. It's not that he's done anything that is particularly uh, horrible or horrific. It's the fact that he's speaking out about an issue that people don't want him to be speaking about. And he's actually resonating with people. So you're absolutely right. 100%. Monica Lea for 10 euros. Thanks for watching from Europe. Um, I think using cash is a sign of personal freedom. I use cash whenever possible. Can you make a stream where you discuss what risks does it have when more and more payments are made electronically? Mm. Mm. You know, this is an issue that we've maybe like touched the surface of. It's not one that I'm particularly well versed in, but I do have several opinions when it comes to things like digital wallets and digital currencies, which is a move that a lot of governments are making uh, and to the detriment of their own people, because it's really just a move to facilitate them being able to surveil everything it is that you do. Canada is a great example of this when they had the protesters in the uh, Freedom Convoy, the Truckers Convoy going through Canada and they said, we're going to shut down the bank accounts in the finances for people who are promoting this protest and allowing people to speak up against the government. And that is a power that they have because of digital currency. Uh, And now they're making this massive push for everybody's information to be in these digital wallets. And we're seeing the the World Economic Forum endorsing things like that. So I have plenty of things to say about it. And there is something to be said, you know, I saw like on Timcast, they were talking about you need to have reserve cash, like take a take a large chunk of money out of the bank to have for a rainy day. But I'm thinking, you know, if there comes a day where I'm going to need cash, how what what is that cash going to be worth at that point when we're like scrounging to have to have cash, you know, reserve cash? I don't know that it's going to be worth anything at that point. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, don't know. It, yeah, it feels... maybe for a couple days, it'll be worth something. <laughs> Where was it like China? They, the police were like around the bank because people were trying to take out their money yeah. and the bank was like, no, and we should do like a whole violent about it. Yes. Yeah, so the Chinese government and uh, like sort of got into this agreement with the banking system and was having people put their money in these like saving and investment accounts that they said were totally safe and were totally going to be fine to hold your money. And then people started showing up to the banks and saying, you know, I put my money in this safe investment account. Can I get my money back? And the bank's like, we don't have your money. Actually, it wasn't such a safe investment and your money is gone. So all these people start rushing to the banks to try and pull their money out and none of them can have it. So there's like riots all across China. I don't know if those are still going on. It's kind of hard to uh, get an idea of what's going on there because of the the control that they have over the internet there. But uh, people were rioting for quite some time and they might even still be doing that, which could very could happen in any economy. That's the Think scary about part. that. Think about So if the Chinese economy becomes destabilized, look at how invested we are and how dependent we are on the Chinese government and on the Chinese economy. It just, boom, goes right over to the U.S. and suddenly you can't get your money out of the bank. Yeah, that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's like, tend to the point earlier, where do you hedge against that? And if your money becomes worthless or you can't get it out, uh, yeah, it's crazy. If you want to be a gold sponsor on the show, let us know. We will <laughs> tell everyone to buy gold. <laughs> Dialing it back though, if you, uh, t- what are your guys' thoughts on like the credit system and and utilizing uh, credit uh, to make purchases and whatnot? Because we know that 
within the millennial generation, mm -hmm. credit um, debt has absolutely skyrocketed, skyrocketed, yep. and it's made uh, for it's made life very difficult for a lot of people. Sure. Um, you know, obviously it's at their own hand and their own choice and choosing and whatnot, mm -hmm. but it's it's opened up the floodgates to just uh, um, flippantly spending um, based on feeling and emotion and, and whatnot. So do you have any thoughts on, on that? I literally can't speak on it because guys, I don't have credit. Which is, oh. <laughs> Which is good zero. and, and, and kind of It's bad. good and yeah. horrible. It's good yeah. and I should probably uh, get on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just, don't, don't spend money you don't have. That's yeah. just, that's it. You know, um, yeah. I have a friend who's like the other day told me he's like trying to start a business and to finance it. He put a bunch of money on a credit card to buy some of the equipment that he needed, but he can't pay it back. And I'm like, that's not gonna like mm, yeah. have a business plan and get a business loan. It's like the, 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 the ignorance of our generation in some places is just absolutely Astounding. insane. And just the, the notion of buying anything like a good, you're going to consume fashion or whatever that you can't pay for that month. I use credit cards, but I've never been late on a payment. I've mm -hmm. never used it to spend money. Mm -hmm. I don't have, and I have great credit now and that's coming in handy yeah. as I'm starting to look at buying, possibly buying a house and all that in the future. So, you know, I, I'm pro why being wise right, and right. financially. Mm -hmm. And that part of that is you, you can use it as a tool and, and so exactly. Yeah, I have nothing against it. What are they going to do with my zero credit? <laughs> I'm done for guys. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Next one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, you, uh, this is Angela McDonald okay. says you were awesome. Indeed on Phil, Dr. Phil. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Was it hard to keep your composure? No, it was hard not to just like, I kept being so animated and just like shaking my head and like making weird faces at what he was saying because you can't, you know, speak over somebody or, you know, really assert yourself too much with how the show is set up. So I made sure that was just very animated and shown on camera, which they did utilize quite a bit. But no, it's pretty, it's not that hard to keep my composure. Yeah, on these we made things. some gifts and stickers of your face being like, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you so, definitely helped out the editors out here. <laughs> yeah. We need to make those like an Instagram sticker we can put on your Instagram stories of your face just being like, yeah. when there's a news story we don't like or something. If someone was directly <laughs> attacking me, I'd be more forceful, but they, it was there was no like direct yeah. attack. So yeah. Thank you. I did, I did all right. I think you nailed it. Um, okay, I don't see any more Super Chats. Cam, do you? Or did I miss any? That Okay. I did see one question that I just like and want to know your answer to. What are you okay. dressing up for for Halloween and and or what is your favorite costume? Okay, I don't have a Halloween costume yet, but however, we did come up with a video idea. We were like, we want to do something for a Halloween video idea. And there's this girl, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. There's this girl that I found on YouTube who like, she takes edibles, right? And then tries with like basic crafts to make herself into a certain like Halloween character. Now I'm not going to take edibles and then film a video for you guys, but I feel like we could do like a tipsy costume thing. So I bought this uh, Sally costume, Sally from the Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm like, I want to try to like do her makeup and do a, a tipsy YouTube video for you guys, which I'm, I'm not a big drinker. I think you guys know that. And we've talked about that on the show. Uh, so it might be. This is LaCroix in here today in our little. Yes, goblets in our little little skeleton <laughs> skeleton cups uh and i kind of want to try to like do the sally makeup and see how it turns out it's going to be horrible because i'm really bad at stuff like that uh but i feel like it'd be a funny video just to do something a little different 
I view this video idea as a cop out because I've been trying to get <laughs> yeah. Angela to go to oh, a haunted house or corn maze and do a do vlog it. of it. And she's <clears throat> too much of a scaredy cat. What is wrong with you people? What is wrong that you guys want to go to things like Halloween Horror Nights and haunted houses and corn mazes and stuff? I'm like, what? What about feeling like you are close to death is is cool for you guys? What about having a heart attack is fun? It's not fun. <laughs> I think watching you get go through a haunted house is, would oh, be very watching good. Watching me be traumatized is going to be so entertaining for you guys. That's, That's how I feel it about it. People. <laughs> no, but your your idea is fun. The girls will love it. <laughs> <laughs> the fifty percent of our no, audience. No, she, will she be explained really it to me, and it's like it, she showed me this YouTuber who does it and has yeah. like millions of followers, and it's like a really popular thing. And it's maybe just I'm. She just gets progressively it. intoxicated while trying to do this, which is not something that I advocate for. <laughs> and do not try at home, guys. But I feel like would be a fun video concept for one video. Well, eighty-four percent of the audience says that you should go to a haunted house and make a vlog. I... <laughs> <laughs> You guys are fired. <laughs> you guys are fired. You're not invited to the email list anymore. <laughs> anymore? Um, no. I mean, no Taylor. super chats. You guys are oh, okay. fresh out. So Okay. So we are good. And that, that ends today's show. I'm curious. What do I want your opinion on? I kind of, I really want your guys' opinion on whether or not guys with girlfriends are uh, gone after by more women. Is there anything else that you feel like is more interesting than that? Because I'm personally interested in that. Mm. Ah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. What are you going to be for Halloween? What are you going to be for Halloween as well? Now that we have our little spooky set, which I will have to take down every single time I do a news interview. So you guys better be grateful. <laughs> oh, do you guys want to see Amala react to Hocus Pocus too? Because that was her homework assignment was to yes. watch it and she didn't do it. I watched but. half of it. I didn't watch the other half, but I could do a little quick Hocus Pocus 2 review for you guys if you want a little bit of supplementary content. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and guys, I think that's our show for today. We're going to release you for your weekend. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And we have content every single day of the week. That is seven days a week because we are hustlers here. Much, much like Andrew Tate and his Hustlers Academy, which I believe was a pyramid <laughs> scheme. But uh, we're not going to worry about that. We are real hustlers. We are not a pyramid scheme. And we will read your super chat. Uh, um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic weekend. And what is my bit of advice for you guys? Wash your face. Check your that's Halloween candy for razor blades. Oh, <sighs> that's a good one. <laughs> Happens so often, right, guys? There's like new memes going around where you check it for like the most weird. Check it. Check thing. your check your Halloween candy for the COVID vaccine. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Bye, Bye guys. guys. <laughs>